Kentucky Girl, Chapter 10, Part 1. A year passed and more homesteaders came into the area. Rachel was very busy trying to establish education for the young children. Her second pregnancy slowed her but little. She was able to help Betsy and Nancy and the old Indian woman in the caring for the silk in the hurt of the fort. Rachel birthed a healthy baby boy. With the birth of this boy, Rachel found much pleasure in suckling him. Rachel, along with Betsy and Nancy, continued maturing. Clem and Rachel became more in love with each other as their family grew. Rachel was very concerned about the young people growing up illiterate. She talked with others at the fort, including Preacher Paul, and found out that the state's legislature was going to meet at Danville, which is only a couple of days away by horseback. She arranged for Betsy and Nancy to take care of her babies and prevailed upon Clem to take her to Danville. She wanted to ask the legislature if they would provide a teacher and books for the growing young population in her area. Rachel knew it was an uphill battle, first just to get to talk to the legislature, and secondly to convince them to spend money helping the children in her area. There was in the legislature a couple of men who knew of Rachel's escape from the Indian and prevailed upon the Speaker of the House to let her address them. Her reputation was rapidly talked about and everybody showed up to listen to her. Before they left for Danville, Rachel decided on a little stratagem to make an impact. She got out the jacket that she had taken off the Indian and after thoroughly cleaning it, reworked it to fit her. She put it on over her white blouse. It was small and barely fitted over her breasts. On the day that she was to address the legislature, she donned this soft elk hide leather jacket, which made a big impression on the men of the legislature, and they gave her rapt attention. She was a beautiful young lady, dressed like an explorer of the backwoods of Kentucky. As she stood in front of this legislature, the Speaker of the House, as was the custom, placed a specially designed hourglass which allowed 15 minutes of white sand to flow to the bottom, indicating time was up for the speech. Rachel began in a soft voice. 
thanking you for allowing me to address you. I come here on behalf of many children, children who came west with their families, children who now have no schools, children who have suffered attacks by Indians and are now helping parents to farm the land. I mean to remind you men that the settlers of our country are coming in with big families and they face many hardships. The Indians are vicious and murder many people. She was describing that the young children had no one to educate them. While she was describing this, the sand in the hourglass ran out and a couple of men shouted, sit down. With that, the speaker went over to the table, picked up the hourglass and reversed it and said, Please continue, Ms. Stafford. Take as much time as you need. Rachel said, Thank you, sir. My message is most important. I have left my little ones and spent two days coming here to inform you of our situation. Our situation is desperate because there are children growing up illiterate. We need schools and teachers and we need books, slates, and writing utensils. We need not only schools, we need a library. At this point, Rachel slammed her tiny fist on the table and leaned forward to say, And gentlemen, I would like to tell you what you need is for us to have schools and a library as much as we do. Think, these are children today, but tomorrow they will be your voters and leaders. I am positive that you will want to have educated leaders tomorrow. As Rachel was talking, someone was snoring. Rachel stomped her little foot and said, Now back home, if that happened, we would pour a glass of water on his head. The speaker nodded his head and indicated to the bailiff to do exactly that. As the water was poured over the gentleman's head, he was startled and jumped up to the roar and clapping of all of the rest of the men. He sheepishly slumped out of the room. settle down, Rachel continued speaking, saying, Many of you have come here from the mother country, where you were educated by a system which taught reading of the masters, appreciation of the arts, and of music. Can you but imagine how it would be if it had not been so? Can you imagine if you could not recognize your own name on an official paper? Think then of what our children face no knowledge of the letters, having to sign their name to a document with an X. Imagine of all the 26 letters of the alphabet, knowing but one letter and calling it your mark. Imagine your mark is indistinguishable from any other person. 
so then a person can only put their mark in order to vote for you. This in turn would allow hundreds or thousands of others uncontrollable use of an X to vote for your opponent. You would lose. This, gentlemen, is the inevitable result of illiterate voters. Is that what you want? Do something. Give us schools. A library allow us to teach these children. Help us to educate these children. Help us to help you grow this country. Rachel went on to say, We have no one to help teach these children. I myself have tried and failed to find a qualified person to help teach. We have and will continue to defend against the hostiles, but we need your help in educating the young. Send us teachers. Send us books. Send us slate and writing materials. Help us teach these children how to use them. 